Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, back with a brand new episode here on The Truth. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing our week eight fantasy slash NFL preview. It's just going to be me today. I feel like I've said this every week with AJ. Um, we just have not been able to get it out to you guys together in a couple of weeks. And I do apologize for that. But AJ did do his script. So we're going to be able to go ahead and take a look at his thing, just like we did last week. And like I said, you know, obviously we're both um, both college athletes. I actually apologize. AJ did not do his script this week. Wow, absolute failure. So it's just gonna be me here today. We'll figure it out as time goes on. But like I said, it's <laughs> it's a busy season. It's a busy time, and it's also a busy time of the truth. So we're gonna make it work. Um, it's just gonna be me here today, and hopefully, hopefully next week, at least for for one of the shows, you know, the Pick'em or the Weekly Fantasy slash NFL Preview, we'll be able to get AJ going on right now as well. Anyways, guys, let's take a look at our three takeaways from last week. I said the Lions get their wake-up call. Look, the Lions got absolutely throttled. A throttled is an understatement to the amount of, of a defeat that they had suffered last week against the Ravens. They absolutely got mammoth, and that was kind of my expectation going into it. You know, I was expecting the Lions to lose this game, not necessarily get killed, but lose this game in general. Ravens do beat the Lions here in this one, 38-6, absolutely destroy them, but it was a much-needed wake-up call, right? The Lions are now 5-2, and two, I believe. They're two games up on the Vikings for sure for first place in the NFC North, and they're going to be just fine, but it was something to kind of, you know, take a little bit more seriously and uh, see what the Lions' next steps are going to be moving forward. I said, is Tyson Badgett the next Brock Purdy? Tyson Badgett, undrafted from Shepherd University, I believe. He led the Bears to a win. Now, Tyler Badgett and Justin Fields both have the same amount of wins this season. The Bears won 30-12. Yes, the quarterback play for the Raiders sucked. Uh, Brian Hoyer, as well as Aiden McConnell, both did you know not perform very well. But is Tyler Badgett the next Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy, if, if Tyler Badgett was on the 49ers, would he be the next Brock Purdy? You know, Brock Purdy has definitely struggled as of late, but in his first start, Badgett's first start, um, you know, he comes away with a victory and is able to get the job done against the battle of the backup quarterbacks. And I'm really curious to see this week how he's going to be able to fare. Um, I believe the Bears are playing the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. So be curious to see how that one transpires. But uh, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I think if, they, if he wins this week, some may call him the next Brock Purdy. And the, the difference between Tyler Badgett and Brock Purdy is the fact that Brock Purdy plays on a much better team than Tyler Badgett, right? Like Tyler Badgett plays on the Bears. Brock Purdy plays on the 49ers. So we see a lot of these late undrafted quarterbacks having success, but it's just kind of funny because Tyler Badgett obviously has the same amount of wins as Justin Fields. And then finally, I said the Packers high is over, right? They started off the season good. A lot of Packer fans were excited to see kind of what this team was going to be looking at down the line. But they lost 17-19 to to the Broncos. They're now 2-4. and four. Jordan Love has definitely been not playing as good as I expect him to. 21 for 31, 182 tutties, and one interception. The Packers and the Vikings do have a battle this week. The Vikings are traveling to Green Bay, which might be a little bit of a difficult game for them. But hopefully the Vikings are able to come away with a victory here. Um, but I think the Packers high is officially over, especially if the Vikings do win this week. You know, if the Vikings win this week, which I hope they do, obviously, being a Vikings fan and just despising the Packers. I would love to see them go, but who knows? I think the Packers high is over for sure. All right, my game of the week, it's got to be the Bengals at the 49ers, right? This uh, I'm recording this on Saturday right before I posted, and uh, you know the official word is the fact that Brock Purdy is going to be playing in this week. He was dealing with some concussion symptoms yesterday against the Bengals. 
I'm not sorry, last week against the Vikings. He's cleared to play this week for the Bengals, which is good. Debo Samuel, I believe, is still going to be out. I think he was out a minimum of two games. I'm not sure. I know he obviously missed the game against the Vikings, um, but if he missed the week before that as well, I think he didn't. So I think this is for sure his last week out. Don't quote me on that, but regardless of Debo's out, I mean, Brock Purdy's definitely struggled a little bit. You know, Joe Burrow, they were coming off a bye week, which is much needed. Obviously, Joe Burrow has been struggling a little bit. You know, T. Higgins hasn't looked great. He's also been dealing with some rib injuries as well. So, you know, I think this is going to be a, uh, a good game to say at least, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the 49ers winning at home. I do like the Bengals, and I typically would go with the Bengals here, but I think with the fact that it being at home, and the 49ers are too good of a team to lose three games in a row. So I'm going to go with the 49ers winning this game. I do think it is a good affair. I think Brock Purdy bounced backs. I think you know uh, Cincinnati Bengals, they play good as well. But I do believe that the 49ers do come away with the victory. Two games to watch out for. Raiders at the Lions. You know, both teams got walloped, to say the least, last week. And I'm curious to see how this one fares out. You know, the Raiders, I think, get Jimmy G back. I'm not too sure about that just yet. But regardless, I mean, Brian Hoyer or Ian McConnell, if one of them is the quarterback, they're not in a good position regardless. And so I don't know how I feel about the Raiders. The Lions on the flip side, though, at home, like I'm expecting the Lions to come in and win this game at home. It's much needed. You know, the offense needs to get going once again, get a run in the end zone, get, you know, um, Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery healthy in the end zone and, and get Jared Goff back on track. And the defense also has to step up as well. I'm going to go with a bit of an upset here. I'm going to go with the Raiders winning this game here. I think the Raiders are going to win this game. The Raiders are better than I give them credit for. I think they're 3-4, and four, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they've been playing good, ba- uh, good baseball, good football as of late. I mean, obviously not last week, but in general, they're still sitting with a 3-4 and four record, which is contending for the AFC West crown right now. So, I don't know. Maybe I give the Raiders credit. I think they come into Detroit. I think Detroit goes on their little two-game spurt, just like the 49ers did, and then they're able to bounce back You know, as the season goes on. I think the, there's no need to panic for the Lions, but I think the Raiders get it done. It wouldn't surprise me if the Lions went at home home obviously coming off a loss and dan campbell coaching as a whole eagles at the commanders i'm gonna go with the commanders winning this game here i feel like in the nfc east particularly in a matchup like this i'm always going to go with the home team and you know philadelphia is interesting right i mean they lost to the jets uh, i believe it was two weeks ago if i'm not mistaken last week they rebounded on sunday night football getting the win against miami this week they're going to go ahead into a tough environment on the road against the commanders you know the commanders and eagles this is an interesting one the commanders are three and four the eagles are six and one obviously the one loss the eagles had was against the jets but i think the commanders play a lot better than they've been given credit they got absolutely walloped in the game but they've been playing consistent sam howell's actually been playing a lot better in my opinion i think they need to get brian robinson going there's been some trade speculation on the defensive side with Montez Sweat and Chase Young. I think this team can hold intact, and I think this is a team that's not going to win the NFC East, but could maybe sneak into a wild card spot like they did a couple years ago with Taylor Heineke. You know, Sam Howell's been playing good. He's got to obviously play consistent. The defense has a lot of, got a lot of young guns there on the defensive side, and I don't know. I think this is a favorable matchup for the Commanders to win this game here in a division as well. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Commanders winning this game, but it should be a good NFC East battle. Lock of the week, the Rams at the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Cowboys winning this game. You know, the Cowboys coming off a bye week last week. They're going to be nice and refreshed. The Rams last week didn't play to their standards. Um, Obviously, didn't play as good as they wanted to, losing at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, you know, the Rams have been playing good football all season. They're 3-4. and You know, one of the things I like about the Rams is they've been able to get Puka Nakua as well as Cooper Cup going. I believe it's contradicting them saying that. I don't think they got Cooper Cup going in the last game. Uh, Let me check here. Yeah, only two catches for 29 yards, but Puka Nakua, eight receptions for 154. You also got to take in mind, too, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is really top tier, especially their secondary. So it is difficult to, you know, throw the ball efficiently. 
Trayvon Diggs obviously tore his ACL at the beginning of the season. He's going to be out. So it's going to be a weaker secondary for the Cowboys. I'm still going to go with the Cowboys winning this game. I think this one's a high-scoring game, one that a lot of people uh, maybe circle on their calendars as a one to see maybe potentially a game a week. But instead of going with like a lock of the week where a team's got one win or two wins, I want to go with a very interesting one. But I think the Cowboys get it done here at home. And then my upside of the week, I'm going to go with the Panthers at home against the Texans. Look, I still think the Texans are a bit of frauds. I hate saying it. I really do. Panthers have been playing, obviously, a lot worse than expected. But I don't know. Something about this Panthers team, it gets me really excited, really excited for this week. Uh, you know, the Texans are 3-3. Three and three, The Panthers are 0-6. Excuse me. Battle of the number one and number two overall picks in last year's draft. I think Bryce Young has something to prove compared to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud has obviously been playing great football, especially as of late. And it's kind of cemented his name as far as a guy that's going to compete for not necessarily a job, but for compete for some some consistency, excuse me. I think he's going to be able to get it done this week here. I think um, you know Bryce Young's going to be able to get it done against uh, C.J. Stroud, and it's a good matchup. And I think this is where the Panthers' offense really breaks. I mean, D'Amico Ryan there at the head coaching spot for the Texans is a very good tight defense coordinator. Don't get me wrong, but I've been waiting for this offense to break. Obviously, Adam Thielen's been getting going. I'd like to see some more consistency at the running back position, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Panthers winning this game here at home. Now we're moving on to the fantasy portion. Two must-starts. My first one is going to be Javante Williams versus the Chiefs. And I know that might be insane. I'm sorry. But I really do like Javante Williams this week. I've kind of liked him all season. He's kind of kind of bit me in the ass at times. You know, He hasn't been maybe the top-tier running back that you'd expect. But I'm still going to go ahead and go with Javante Williams this week. I don't know. Like I think it's a favorable matchup for him You know, going into this matchup here. I think this is one of the things that you know people mark on their calendars as a guy that potentially can you know get into the mix of things and have success. He hasn't scored a touchdown that yet this season. Last week had 12.6 fantasy points, going 15 for 82, three receptions for 14 yards. I think, you know, 15 receptions, his highest carry, also the second highest receptions of his season. So they're really going to start feeding the Rocks to him more the first couple weeks and really period of time. They were really trying to get him going and prevent any injuries. And, you know, this Broncos offense is something to prove, right? And I think they're going to really do a good job of establishing the running game here. And Javante Williams is definitely going to be one of those guys that you should definitely must start going into this week. Second, I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard. You know, Dallas Goddard is a seventh-ranked position tight end. If you would have told me this after week one, I would have thought you were absolutely insane, right? You look, you look at Dallas Goddard throughout the season. He had zero fantasy points in week one, 25.7 in week five against the Rams, having that one touchdown, eight receptions, 117 yards. But something that excites me last week, five receptions, 77 yards, and one touchdown. On top of that, the last three games, he's gotten eight receptions, five receptions, and five receptions. Also, in these defensive showcase games, I think this Eagle, commanders games going to be Dallas Goddard is one of those guys really in the tight end position as a whole that really is able to establish himself and have a good amount of success and that's one of the reasons why I'm excited to see what Dallas Goddard is going to be able to do this week I think the trend is definitely up obviously at least 9.2 points at the tight end position every week is consistent from a tight end value but getting 25.7 and then 18.7 last week I think are two spots you definitely have to be excited about and curious to see what's going to happen in this one Sticking with this game for my first must-sit, it's going to be Sam Howell, you know, going up against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Howell is actually the 12th-ranked fantasy quarterback, and I hate position rankings, right, because they're so bipolar, but I like talking about them for the period of the show that I'm doing. You know, Sam Howell being the 12th-ranked quarterback, I think he's had an up-and-down season. Last week against the Giants was definitely a bit of a down year, or down game, I should say. 52.4% completion percentage, 249 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. Also carried the rock only two times for 15 yards. Has one rushing touchdown, which he had in week one. He's been consistent, though. I mean, obviously, his, his breakout game was against Chicago, going 37 for 51, 388 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. 
You know, he had four interceptions against Buffalo. It kind of inflates his stats. But, you know, looking at his stats as a whole through seven games, has seven interceptions and I believe quick mass six, nine touchdowns. You'd like to see the turnover and touchdown ratio definitely be a little bit improved. But, you know, this matchup against Philadelphia is going to be a difficult one. You know, if he's going to have any type of fantasy success, in my opinion, it's definitely going to have to be from the ground game. It's going to have to be from running. And he only has one rushing touchdown in the year. And that was one of the things I liked about Sam Howell coming out of the draft out of North Carolina was I wouldn't say he's necessarily a run first quarterback but he had tons of value and tons of productivity running the football at the quarterback position which is one of the reasons why I was definitely excited about Sam Howell going into this uh, this season and that's why I actually picked him up in my dynasty league but Sam Howell has definitely been up and down you kind of got to play Russian roulette. If you want to play Russian roulette with Sam Howell, I think this week is a, an opportunity to not do so just because he's going against Philadelphia's defense, which is going to be tough. And I feel like once they get Terry McLaurin going a little bit more, you know, but there's been a heavy emphasis, emphasis excuse me, on Logan Thomas. I think this is a far better position here. Second, I'm going to go with Tutu Atwell. Look, I don't really think many people are starting Tutu Atwell, but they get a little bit excited when they look at the first three weeks of the season. And then they see when Cooper Cup has been back, has production dramatically decreased. Week 1, 6 receptions, 119 yards. Week 2, 7 for 77. Week 3, 4 for 50 and a touchdown. That's at least 15 fantasy points per week. Last week had 1 catch for 31 yards and a touchdown, and it was 10.1 fantasy points. To the blind eye, that looks good, but Tutu Atwell, the last 3 weeks, has definitely declined. 2 receptions for 9 yards, 1 for 30, 1 for 31. He's a guy that's going to be a hit or miss, right? He's going to be a guy that gets 30 points, or he's going to be a guy that gets 0. And I hate those guys, particularly in this matchup this week against the Cowboys. You know, I do think there's going to be a prolific air attack on both sides, but you know, Cooper Cup only had 4.9 fantasy points last week. He only had 2 catches for 29 yards. And Puka Nakua, I mean, those two as a whole have been efficient. Tyler Higby's had some success and even the running backs out of the mix. It's hard to have three successful wide receiver options, whether it's a wide receiver or a tight end going through the mix here. And that's one of the reasons why I'm definitely shying away from Tutu Atwell. I'm not saying Tutu Atwell is not a bad player. I just think this week in the matchup, I think too, pe- too many people are getting their expectations a little bit high um, for a guy that definitely has not been top tier this season. So we'll see down the line if he's able to get back in the swing of things and if he gets his production going. But I'm definitely avoiding him as unless he gets four or five receptions consistently because he does that does he because he does have that high volume there of 80 90 yards per game and maybe a touchdown or two Going to our sleepers, I'm going to go with David Njoku. I've started David Njoku in one of my leagues basically all season, and I've sadly been disappointed. David Njoku has yet to get a touchdown this season, but last week had five receptions for 54 yards. You know, 10.4 fantasy points for a tight end I got to be pleased about, especially with him not having a touchdown this season. At Seattle, is going to be a difficult environment, don't get me wrong, but I believe Deshaun Watson's out again. P.J. Walker has been the quarterback and has thrown to him a couple of times as well. I'm not sure if he played in the Baltimore game. I don't know off the top of my head, but if he did... Six receptions, 46 yards, right? Like, at the end of the day, he's going to target him. I was watching the Browns... Colts game was it last week and a PJ Walker almost threw him a touchdown but David Njoku you know hit it off his face I think there is some concern with David Njoku just because of the fact that he did have that burn accident but other than that he's been extremely consistent throughout his career he's not a guy that's going to be a top tier guy I believe he was recently franchise tagged either this season or not too long ago so there is an emphasis on keeping him here it's been tough putting him as my tight end week in and week out but I think this is the trend where you start to see him get more involved in this offense and finally get into the end zone once or twice I would love nothing more than David Njoku to get in the end zone. And thankfully, he's been able to be fine with, obviously, the burns that he sustained um, you know, in a, in a household accident. But you know, I think in this matchup here against Seattle, you never know, you're, never know what you're going to get out of the Legion of Boom defense. So I'm going to go ahead and go with David Njoku here. I think it's a safe option. If he is one of your tight ends, then you know there's definitely an opportunity to... Um, 
to have success. But one of the things that does excite me about him is his ability to kind of have a little bit better of a connection with P.J. Walker, which I feel like some other Browns receivers haven't been able to do thus far. And then next for my other sleeper, I'm going to go with K.J. Osborne. I feel like a broken record with K.J. Osborne. He's disappointed me all year. His only high was 12.4 points, three receptions, 34 yards, and a touchdown at Philadelphia. Last week, five receptions for 47 yards. In the last two weeks, he's had a combined 18 points without Justin Jefferson. Look, I'm looking at K.J. Osborne as a flex option this week. I know a lot of people aren't probably the biggest fans of K.J. Osborne, and I understand that argument. But for me, I'm liking K.J. Osborne this week. And I feel like I say this every week, but I really do. There's one of the, one of these games, man. He's going to break for like two touchdowns, eight receptions. He's going to break. And it's got to be in the next two games because I believe Justin Jefferson does come back in that Saints matchup. So there's a perfect opportunity for him to go through the ceiling here and have success. The biggest question mark is, is he going to be able to? And I just don't know. I really don't. I think he's going to, but at the end of the day, it's going to be hard. That's one of the reasons why I'm putting him out my, as my sleeper, right? Like, he's a guy that not a lot of people are probably starting this week. As far as roster as a whole, he's only rostered in 62.2% of leagues. I would pick him up, especially for the next two weeks. And, um, you know, I was looking at reading an extra Matthew Berry thing where he said, why KJ Osborne is worth holding on to as a fantasy wide receiver four. Now, typically, you don't start wide receiver fours, but, I mean, there's so much potential for it to, to happen. And so that's one of the reasons why I think this is potentially going to be a week that he does bust through and is able to have success. And then my two busts, first is going to be, uh, well, obviously it's going to be Zach Ertz because Zach Ertz is on the IR. Justice Hill, look, I don't know why people would have Justice Hill on their team. Um, Justice Hill, you know, the Baltimore Ravens running back. I don't know. I mean, he's rostered in 28.2% of leagues. I hate running backs for the Ravens as a whole because they just concern me. They really do. I mean, I don't know. I just don't like it. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins, I believe, got injured week one, if I'm not mistaken, which sucks for him, but it's just tough to see. I don't know. I just don't like it. I really don't. I think he does concern me a lot. I think Justice Hill, if there's a guy on, on the Ravens you might want to snag, it'd be like a Gus Edwards, not a Justice Hill. And then again, too, I mean, there's a lot of rushing attack from the running backs they have, as well as Lamar Jackson as a whole. And this week in particular, I think the Ravens' offense is going to be a dud. We saw it with Miami. I believe they played Buffalo the next week, and they definitely slowed down a little bit and ended up losing. It's part of it. It's like a hangover effect. It's I, people like or think I'm funny when I say that, but it genuinely is. It's, it's a tough, tough environment to play in. So I don't know. For me, I'm just going to avoid him. I'm going to avoid any Ravens running back as a whole, but definitely a guy like Justice Hill. And I saw that he was rostering 28% of leagues, which I understand, but I don't know. I just don't think there's any reason to start him. And then next, I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter. Look, Desmond Ritter this week at Tennessee. Tennessee has definitely struggled this season, but they've done one good thing effectively, and that was being able to play some solid defense. And, yeah, their offense is really sucky. And last week, Desmond Ritter went 19 for 25, 250 yards, you know, no and no, but three rushes, sorry, six rushes, 38 yards, and a touchdown. He does have three rushing touchdowns on the year, which does provide him some fantasy value. And if you're a position-ranked guy, he's in the 19th position-ranked quarterback. An arguable good backup option that you just got to make sure you hits like the game against Houston or the game against Green Bay. But I don't know, too much risk for it. You know, Detroit and Jacksonville on the road, really on the road in general, he struggled. Detroit and Jacksonville, they've only had three road games this season, and the three of his four worst performances were on the road. At Detroit, at Jacksonville, like 6.2, 6.3 points, and then last week, 13.8. So, you know, at Tennessee, I think it's going to be a difficult environment for him. I don't think he's going to be able to have that type of success. And if he is, expect more success running the football, right? Expect him to get his fantasy value from rushing. Now, he has gotten Kyle Pitts and Drake London involved more, which is something that I do like to see. But in the grand scheme of things, it, it is something that does concern me. And that's one of the reasons why I'm shying away from him again this week. 
Well, there you have it. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Instagram, The Truth on Twitter, excuse me, at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. Make sure you do follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok as well at the.tt.truth. A lot of fun and exciting stuff on there. You guys definitely don't want to miss out. Also, I do apologize for getting this out a little bit later than usual, and I'm also apologizing for being by myself once again. AJ's got a World Series that he's got to do for baseball, and so it's just tough. But hopefully you guys will be able to get some good fantasy knowledge here. I believe the pick of tomorrow will be by myself as well. But anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for the continuous support. And as always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, signing off. Take care and good night. Mm-hmm.